You're listening to the Breakaway Breakdown Podcast, where we bring you interviews with some of the top ropers in the country, news about what's going on in the fastest sport on dirt, training tips for you and your horses, and so much more. I'm your host, Casey Allen. Let's jump in. So if you guys want to talk about an absolutely rock-solid performance at the College National Finals Rodeo, look no farther than Brianna Learman of Texas A&M University Commerce. She is getting her master's in accounting right now, and she went to the college finals in the breakaway roping and the barrel racing and listened to these times in the breakaway. In the first round, she was 2.7 seconds. Second round, she split first with a 1.7 second run. Comes back in the third round, she was 2.2 and split fourth. Then coming into the short round high callback, she only had to be a 3.6 to win it all. But she went ahead and was a 2.6, just for good measure. (laughs) Split second in the round, and that gave her a total time of 9.2 seconds on forehead, which is pretty awesome. Not only did Brianna win the nation in the breakaway roping, she went ahead and placed in the barrels and earned herself the all-around championship. Brianna has such a good head on her shoulders and she has such a great perspective on things and you can just hear her work ethic shine through in every word she says in this interview. And we really get into some things that I think you guys are going to find interesting. So Brianna was the Naira student director for the Southern region last year, which means that she was responsible for making sure kids were following the rules. She had to know the rule book front to back and kind of kept everybody in line while also competing in the breakaway roping, barrel racing, and goat tying. So we talk about the reality of college rodeo and what it's really like being out there with a bunch of college kids that love the same sport that you do. And yes, we even talk about the party culture around college rodeo. I think you guys are really going to enjoy what Brianna has to say on this topic. And definitely, if you have friends that are high school rodeoing and looking at colleges right now, or you're a parent, you really want your kid to listen to this episode. But before we get into all that, of course, we have to talk about what it felt like to win the college national championship, which is still pretty fresh to Brianna at this point, because I talked to her less than 48 hours after her win, when she was already in Reno, Nevada, ready to rope two calves before catching a flight to Greeley, Colorado for the next one. She's enjoying every second on the rodeo trail, and I cannot wait until you guys get to hear about her mare Lizzie, who's not even supposed to be competing, yet just won a national championship. It's a great story. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. I also want to give a shout out to Fastback Ropes, because without them, this episode would not be possible. But I'm going to get into Brianna's interview and tell you more about them at the commercial break. As usual, I know you guys are tired of hearing me blab on, so let's jump in. Hey, Brianna, what are you up to today? Oh, I'm at Reno, Nevada. We got here yesterday, and it's quite a mess of a rodeo to <laughs> try to get stalls and parking, and so got that figured out and then got a few hours of sleep. I gotcha, and would you mind telling the listeners what time it is that you're speaking to me at? <laughs> I think it's around 7 (laughs) a.m. So you've got two rounds today, correct? Yes. It starts at 10 a.m. for the first round, and it's a limited rodeo. So in the breakaway, they have eight in the slack that also perform in the perf. So just in case anybody forgot what happened in the last 48 hours, um, you kind of won this little rodeo called the College National Finals. (laughs) 
Yes. So talk me through your week. Um, I'm sure everything's still a whirlwind, but let's break it down and go through kind of each round and what you're feeling. So I went to, I want to say I went to like 10 days of rodeos before the college finals. So I got off on some, you know, some good practice, I guess you would say. I got my feet pretty wet before and kind of just head into the college finals, you know, it it was just another rodeo and so this was my third college finals my second one in the breakaway in 2019 I went in the breakaway and I ended up third in the nation and um so whenever I went to do my first round on Sunday I I was pretty disappointed with myself honestly I was a 2-7 I think I ended up 18th in the round somewhere around there and I wasn't disappointed at the time because that's that's totally fine at the college finals. Usually, if you just get four down and under, like three, five, you're you're doing pretty good. I was really just disappointed because I was overthinking it, and I tend to do that. I was, you know, second guessing whether I wanted to throw right there. I took a big swing and I leaned out and kind of told my horse that I was, you know, thinking about throwing, but I wasn't certain if I was going to throw. And so I I was annoyed with myself then. And so I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore that week. I was just going to go. I rope best whenever I'm just doing my thing, not worried about when I'm throwing. I'm not one that tries to be fast. I just try to make a good run. And so that's what I changed after the first round is I tried to just go make a good run and be pretty close to the barrier. So let's just talk about the feeling you had when you roped your last calf and you knew you won the college finals, because that's, I always love to hear that reaction. In the arena, you didn't react that much. I noticed that on your video. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at reacting. Um, <laughs> I I don't really love to show my emotions. I like to keep them bottled up for no one to see. <laughs> um, so the two girls before me, I had a half second lead going into the short round. And um, third place broke the barrier and then second place got a leg and so it was a no time and so I knew that I really just needed to go not break the barrier and catch the calf but I'm not very good at doing that that's a a hard position though (laughs) so it was tough because well it really wasn't actually for some reason it came easy but whenever I nodded the calf turned its head and looked at me and my pusher did a pretty good job of getting him out of there still but so I knew I had to wait a little longer, and so I did a good job of scoring there. I was I was just a little off of it because I didn't really want to be in it right there. <laughs> um, and so then I just went, and I did take an extra swing. I, I think my loop was not quite as sharp because of it, but um, it, it was probably better than roping it in 2-2 or 2-3. For those of you who listened to Brianna's Royal Crown episode uh, that Haven Medjid was also on, we kind of dive into her backstory and we talk about the horse that she was using at the Royal Crown a lot more. Um, But you've got your first string back, so let's talk about that journey. And I know it's been a long road and very emotional for you, so tell us about that horse and tell us your guys' story. Well, so it actually starts way, way back. my dad bought her from Cutting Reject Sale. I want to say she was seven years old. She's 16 this year. About nine years ago, he bought her. And then 
the guy who taught me to rope, Shane Winkler. They were starting her in the tie down and they just, you know, played around with her for, I would say, a year. And then I guess they decided that Justin Moss should take her and try to step her up a little bit, make some faster runs and, you know, like have a real tie down roper that goes fast. And so this mare, we, I don't know if we ever figured it out, but I'm not sure if she had ovary issues, but I think she just really hated spurs. But she can buck. She bucked Justin Moss and Trenton Smith off while roping, and it wasn't, like, the first calf. (laughs) And so Justin sent her back to us and wanted no part in her. And so I really never rode her for the first, I would say, six years we had her. I wanted nothing to do with her. I'm I'm not huge on buckers, and so I, I just absolutely drew the line and didn't want to ride her. And then about, oh, uh, I would say about two years into her training, um, so about nine years old, she hung her her foot, her front left foot in a wire in the pasture, and she severed all of those tendons, completely tore her foot up. I think it took close to a year to completely heal. And so she chilled in the pasture for, I think, two years after that, after it had kind of healed. And then one day my dad decided that he thought she was pretty sound traveling around in the pasture. And he wanted me to take her, but I I told him, nope, absolutely not. I have two nice horses. I'm not riding a bucker. (laughs) That is not something I care to dabble in. And so he he sent her to a little boy down the road that was a a friend of his, his son. And I I thought that was a horrible idea, that poor little boy. (laughs) (laughs) And how old were you at this point? Um, this was probably my freshman year, no, maybe my sophomore year of college, so okay. two, two to three years ago, maybe, probably three years ago, he sent her to the little boy, because he wanted to start tie on roping, and my dad's all about helping people, and so he was like, yeah, this is <laughs> I mean, it might not work out, but go ahead and try it, and, and the dad, the dad knows what he's doing, he knows how to ride and rope, and so it wasn't like we were just sending, you know, a novice person. You weren't sending him to go bronc busting. I'm sorry? You weren't sending him to go bronc busting. Yeah, like, it it wasn't like, oh, here's this, you know, kid horse. (laughs) No, um, and so that little boy, he rode her, and they had no issues with her bucking. They decided that she didn't like spurs, and he went to all the, you know, junior rodeos. They did really well, and then it came a time where she wasn't working the rope, and they they kept telling my dad, Bree needs this horse. She, like, absolutely needs this horse. This horse is really nice. She scores really well, and she gets across the line really fast. She needs this horse. And my dad would tell me that for at least six months. And I was like, Dad, I have plenty of horses. I do not want that horse. <laughs> like, do, figure out something else to do with her. I don't want that horse. And <laughs> then it came a time. So I think I had four horses at the time. And... I had the one I made, I ended up third in the nation in 2019. I decided that I would do kissing spine surgery on him. So he was out for like eh, six months probably. And in that time, so that was, that was probably two summers ago. And I just had a whirlwind of bad luck. Um, since I had had four, I had also sold um, a little cute little mare that I had. So then I was down to three and my one got kissing spine surgery. And 
then I had another one get an, a coffin injection and it got infected. So three out, basically Lizzie was my only option. That's my, that's the mayor I wrote at the college finals, call her Lizzie. And so I, I decided that maybe I could give her a try, but if she bucked once, I was done with her. <laughs> and so I, I get her from the, you know, the little kid and his dad that had her and I bring her to Justin's house because I wrote at Justin's pretty frequently when I'm home. And <laughs> Justin and I both didn't really want to run any on her. We were like, yeah, that's sketchy. <laughs> so I actually made my boyfriend get on her and my boyfriend had never roped a live calf in his life. Never. He's a bulldogger. So if that gives you any idea. <laughs> so he knew he how never, to exit if he needed to. <laughs> he, he plays around with the rope a little bit, but he, I mean, honestly, he's, He's a bulldogger, strictly a bulldogger. <laughs> and so he goes out there and he ropes it around the neck and it looked awesome. And Justin and I looked at each other and we were like, oh, that's a fluke deal. We were like, okay, you got to go again. We can't, we can't just let you end on that one. And he goes out there and ropes two more and it looks perfect. And I was like, okay, get off my horse. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie's mine now. So, yeah. So from then on, um, I remember the first few calves I roped on her it was just so easy just I guess the way that she carries her head or gets across the line it's so easy to see on her and it's just so easy to rope on her and so I think I went on to win like 20,000 in the first three months that I had her or that I you know that I roped on her and from then on I have absolutely just wanted to run every calf on her it was I guess I don't know when Lubbock was but Whenever that rodeo was, I want to say that was like November. I warmed her up and then got off to boot her up, and then she went off pretty lame after booting her. And so I thought that was weird, you know, just got off of her, hopped on my young one, and went to rope there. And then it kind of, she just kind of would have her days. Some days she'd be pretty sound, but then other days, you know, we'd struggle with lameness on that foot that she cut. And so, I want to say, January, I I was tired of not knowing if I could ride my favorite roping horse, and I've been in contact with my vet. I go I go to my vet all the time because I have twenty horses and most are barrel horses. So, me and my vet are pretty good friends, and so I kept telling him, you know, my horse. I really want her to be sound. I don't know if it's ever possible, but I really would like her to be sound. This, you know, this isn't fun not knowing if I can ride her. And so he's, he said, okay, well, we can do an MRI on her and figure out exactly what it is. And so we went ahead and did the MRI, and the radiologist said that the deep flexor was so bad that she didn't think that she could ever be a performance horse again. Me and my vet were pretty down about that at first. Um, we were like, well, that sucks because that's not what we, wa- what we wanted to hear. But then, you know, thinking about she really wasn't that lame. Um, I mean, she was she was off, but, she, you know, she wasn't three-legged. She wasn't not putting weight on it. She wasn't, she wasn't terribly lame. So we decided that the radiologist didn't see what she looked like and we did and we were going to be optimistic about it and we were going to 
go ahead and do the surgery on her too. So they go in and they basically open up to make more room for that tendon because that those tendons were enlarged because they were inflamed and in pain. And so they go in and they make room for those to basically be inflamed. So they're, you know, they're not putting pressure on everything else. And so he went ahead and did that. He opened that up and then that was beginning of February. And, you know, she was, she was lame for, I would say two and a half months. And she just continuously got more and more sound. And then about three to four weeks before the college finals, um, I had been, he told me kind of, you know, leg her up, don't, don't push her through extreme lameness, but she's going to be a little off at first and she needs to just get it stronger. And so about three to four weeks before the college finals, I decided that I was pretty certain Lizzie could go to the college finals. And that my main goal was to have her for the summer's rodeos as well. Um, and so I got to bring her to Fort Smith, Arkansas, which was either a week or two before the college finals. And I was I was ready to cry before I even backed in the box there. I was so excited to be on that mare. Oh, it, I didn't, I didn't, I don't even know what I did there. I think I was, I want to say I was like 2-9. But I, I was, you would have thought I won the world. I was so happy to be back on that mare. And so then we went to, I think she got to go to one or two more rodeos after that. And then we went to the college finals. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Fastback Ropes. Fastback Ropes was created in 1995 with a single mission in mind, to build the best rope on the market. That will always be their number one goal, according to Fastback Ropes. They believe it's important to focus on building the best product possible and treat customers with the respect that they deserve. Now, besides being a great company, they feature two ropes that I think you breakaway ropers are going to like. The first is the Edge, a four-strand calf rope. It's made of texturized poly. It's a tough and durable rope that stands up in all conditions and outlasts the competition. The other rope that they've come up with is exclusively for breakaway ropers, unlike the Edge, which was offered to calf ropers previously. It's called the Athena, and besides being pink and having a purple dyed core, which is awesome, the poly core provides enhanced tip weight and durability. It's a tough and durable rope that stands up in all conditions and gives a snappy finish and close. Make sure to check out fastbackropes.com for more information and to get your ropes. That is such a cool story. I mean, just the amount of things that you two have been through together as a team, it, it had to make that win even sweeter for you. Yes. Oh, I, whenever we won the second round, I, I wanted to cry just because, you know, it, it's even more special when you're told that it's never going to happen again and then things like that happen. Let's talk through real quick the mental aspect of roping through four rounds, you know, in a little packed coliseum. Yes. Um, how well, did you handle that, especially coming into the short go high call? That's usually when people choke and then you go and just stick a loop on one. Well, I was so I was high call going into the third round, too. Mm-hmm. I, I was tied. Um, I was tied with Sarah Angelone. We were both four four on two, and so I honestly i I didn't really struggle with my mental game all week. 
I don't know why. Um, felt like God had a plan, and I wasn't going to stop it either way, and so might as well just stick along for the ride. But I, I really mainly do well whenever I just focus on myself. Um, and it's funny because, you know, Sarah and I were tied in, before the third round, and she was the one before me. And then um, I really, I mean, I know she was like a 2-8 or 2-9 in the third round, but I, I mean, I really didn't didn't care too much about that. I was just going to go make a run that, that best fitted me. And so I think you really have to just worry about yourself and going to make your run and not, I mean, it's pretty, I've been to those 3D ropings. It's pretty hard to say, okay, I need to go be three flat. It's, it's <laughs> that that's not my, the way I rope. I, I'm not good at telling myself when I need to throw because then I just overthink it. Um, whenever I just go out there and, you know, throw whenever I feel like it, that's whenever I do best. And so in the third round, I, or the short round, I didn't even know until watching my video that they told me I only had to be a three, six. I, I guess I was really good at tuning that out because I had no idea that I had to be a three, six, but I certainly didn't have that in the plans anyway. So didn't really matter but I find it funny that I had no idea they said that that's awesome and then let's talk about the all-around because you also were on the results sheet in the barrel racing out there and yeah. I think it's so impressive to go back and forth and it's not an easy uh transition between events there yeah I so I guess in April the horse that I wanted to probably ride at the college finals got a bone bruise in California Girl, you and these injuries. So, I know. Well, you know, that that one's not terrible. It's just time off. Um, so, Wishbone, my five-year-old that Kelsey Treehorn trained and ran in the fraternities last year, he got to go to the college finals, which Wishbone is amazing. He's he's the most talented horse I have. He, he can outrun any horse, in my opinion. And so that, that wasn't a problem. I just... <clears throat> He's used to the Texas fraternities, groomed ground, and I've run at the college finals. I kind of have an idea what the ground is like, and it, it's kind of a – it depends on the year, but the past two years it's been pretty hard and shifty kind of gravelly sand. And so I really don't think I ever would have run wishbone there. I really wouldn't have expected him to handle the ground there that well. I was – kind of battling with that hoping that he would handle the ground there and um I mean we we went way by the first in the first round we still clocked okay even though we totally went to the concession stand and bought something and then kept running um and then the second round I quit riding him going to the second barrel we had the second to place and then that really pissed me off <laughs> hitting the barrel um, that's whenever I decided that I wasn't playing around anymore and I wanted to go in the breakaway. And so that right after hitting that barrel, that's when I was the 1-7 in the breakaway. And then round three, I knew that I wanted to win the all-around. And to do that, you have to get points in your second event. So I was, I was going for getting around the barrels as fast as we could. And he struggled with the ground, but he's still fast enough that we were able to place Okay, so I just want to back that up real quick because I feel like that could be 
this could be an easy detail to look over. Um, so you took a five-year-old barrel horse to the college finals, hit a barrel in the second round, got mad, <laughs> was 1-7 in the breakaway, and then said, you know what, I'm going to win the all-around. Like, yeah. like, can we just, I know you're very humble and you're very sweet, but I'm going to hype you up real quick because I run barrel horses and it's not easy to take a five-year-old to the local rodeo, let alone the college finals. Like that you, I feel like you were just so dialed in this week. I mean, did you yeah. feel like you were at the top of your game? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always going to find faults in some places, but <laughs> I felt like my mental game was there, and I've always, in my opinion, I've always roped this way. Um, I just, it just finally, all the cards fell into the right place. Awesome, awesome. So, okay, so you held a leadership position last year that pretty much makes you one of the experts on college rodeo, in my opinion. Uh, So you said you were the regional director, correct? So the regional director, there's 10 regions, and there is a regional director for each region. Okay, so the regional director kind of serves as a liaison between, like, the the adults of the association and the kids of the association, as I would call it. Yeah, the, so the, the coaches, like the, I believe the regional faculty director and the region director are the ones in charge of making sure everyone's following the rules and are supposed to find people. So if someone's wearing the wrong vest or if they're wearing tennis shoes in the arena or if they cuss because they missed their steer or whatever it may be, um, they, they're supposed to find the kids that, you know, don't follow the rules. So I, I wanted to talk through, because a lot of high school kids, you know, probably listen to this, and mm-hmm. a lot of younger kids, and there's a lot of rules in college rodeo, and I feel like there's a lot of questions that people have about the way that it works. So the first thing I think is interesting that a lot of people might not know is you do get paid at college rodeos, you do put up an entry fee, but there's also this point system. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so in the southern region, we have... Half of our rodeos are just one go, and then half of our rodeos have a short go. And so the points vary. That's that's different than the region I was in. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, so the points vary. And so in the one go rodeos, they, they usually get points, I think, to 10. And you can get, like, 146 points for winning the one go rodeo. And then the short go rodeos, say you were to win the long round, the short round, and the average, each of those are 60 points, so you could win 180 total at the long-go, short-go. Okay, so yeah, Ozark region, we had the 10 rodeos a year, um, except every once in a while we had nine, and we always had two goes, so it was always long-go, short-go, and then... Yeah, most regions are like that. Yeah, and then so it's like 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. Um, Yeah, and so I find it interesting how they'll do like a newspaper with the region standings and you know everyone's compared because like us we we don't have the opportunity for 180 points at every rodeo so I'm not really sure why they compare yeah and I think what some people don't realize too is that each region kind of the way that their rodeos are set up vary so like our rodeos were always Thursday night they'd finish out the draw Thursday slack and then we'd have Friday morning slack Friday night perf, and then our short goes were Saturday night. But I know, like, Central Plains region, they rodeo on Sundays. 
Mm-hmm. And then you guys have a completely different system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it definitely varies for region. Um, the the reason that I picked that region is just because that's where I lived and I wanted to stay kind of close to home. And I didn't want to have to drive eight hours to every college rodeo. <laughs> Um, okay, so, and I noticed, too, that there's some really interesting rules in the rule book. So I was barrel racing director for the Ozark region, um, which was cool because it was the only paid position for just event directors. Um, and I learned all these random rules that we had to know. One of the weird rules that we had was that if you, so if you were supposed to go in the box and it was your turn and they were calling your name, and you know how some people, like, lope circles in front of the box? Yes, you will get fined per circle. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Loping. And I've seen the student director sit there and count circles. (laughs) Yeah, I was never that rude. And I would actually, if I saw, sometimes there would be 30 people that just storm the arena and do it. And I would go out in the middle of the circle and be like, hey, guys, you're getting fined if you keep doing this. Stop. (laughs) And, and, you know, if there was two people doing it, I'd walk over there and say, hey, this is going to get you fined. Please stop. Um, I always tried to be nice, but yeah, you can get fined for that. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people, they don't realize that when they get to college rodeo, because it's a very important association to know your rule book and know what you're going to get fined for, because you will have fines. Well, I think it's funny because there, you know, there's some master students that totally don't even know the rule book. So, (laughs) you know, you can, you can go either route. The, The fines aren't usually that hefty it's usually like a 25 dollar fine for minimal things so most people just say oh well and figure it out as they go um i think the biggest thing is no parents allowed in the arena most kids graduate high school and their parents think that they can still you know push their calf or help them in the box or whatever it may be and that's not the case in college radio that's a heavier fine and most kids have to adapt to that. That is a good one. So if you were talking to a high school student looking at colleges right now, what would kind of your maybe top three things that they should know going into it, or what are some hard lessons that you've had to learn along the way? So personally, I think you should pick your college based on how close you want to be at home, for one, um, how much you you know, how highly you think about the school. And then I think you should spend some time learning about that, how how that rodeo program works. I went to Texas A&M in my undergrad, and I absolutely loved the way that theirs worked. It was completely independent. You, I mean, our, our coach, I guess, submitted things for us, but we never practiced with him. We never kept our horses at a certain place. We never, you know, we never were told what to do with our horses or how to, how to rope, how to tie goat. And so I actually really loved that because I kind of felt like I had my own thing going already and didn't really want to make any changes going right into college. And, and I, I always have kind of just gone to Justin Moss's through college and roped there. And so I wanted to stick with roping with him and getting his help. And so I really think it's important for kids to learn how that, you know, rodeo team operates because it can, it can be so different. Um, most of them, it just really depends where you are, but a lot of them 
will meet for daily practices and you'll be I don't know, you'll be at practice for six to eight hours, I'm told. I've never done this, but I've had friends tell me that's what they do every day. And that would absolutely drive me crazy. I, I'm one of those people that I can overthink it totally easily, but it, it'll get old pretty quick if I'm sitting there for eight hours watching people rope. And I rope like four calves. That's just too much for me. <laughs> so I'm really glad that I, I got to just kind of do it on my own and take care of my horses on my own. And I think that's the most important thing is to figure out how that rodeo team operates because, I mean, that you're going to be stuck with them for quite a while and your scholarship depends on it. Yeah, that's a really good point because, you know, some kids come out of high school and, like, someone like me, I wanted more instruction. I wanted more mm-hmm. technical help. Um, yeah. So I needed that more hands-on practice style. And some kids, you know, they get to college, their parents aren't there, and they need more structure. Like, they need to be told, show up at 4 o'clock, Run yes. calves. Take care of your horse at this time. I've never needed that structure. Yeah. <laughs> which is why AM worked for me. I, I've never been the partier. I've always been strictly business and um, horses. I'm completely obsessed with horses. So they have always come first. And I've definitely never, ever had to have anyone tell me that I needed to take care of my horses because that's just a given for me. And then another thing I wanted to ask about, too, is you work multiple events. You work them very well. And you're getting your master's in accounting, correct? Yes. Okay. So that's a lot happening. Um, even undergrad, that's that's a tough course. So yes. what is it? What did your schedule? You can compare if you want undergrad versus masters. Mm-hmm. What did your schedule look like during a week, and how did you manage your time between all the different things you had to do? So in undergrad, oh gosh, A and M does not take it easy on you. <laughs> um, so I went there was zero hours and so I I did 100% of my undergrad in those four years that I was at AM. so my freshman year I tried living in College Station where the school is at a facility there it was a nice facility um, I had five horses there and I didn't really love you know all the people that I had to like I I don't know I just didn't love the vibe of the facility and I can only have five horses there, so that was a problem. Only five. (laughs) My house was an hour from there, so I just decided, you know, I mean, why wouldn't I just live at home and commute? (laughs) I would try to be very productive. I, I was very productive. I would plan my days out, and I would study, and I would read the textbook. Most of it is textbook reading, and it's so boring, but you just have to do it. And... It's hard whenever you have horses there staring at you, but you you just have to focus on the book and get through it. And so I would ride four or five horses a day and practice maybe two to, two times a week roping and just keep everything in shape and focus on my schooling and then maybe go to the gym. And, yeah, the, the schooling was hard. And then my sophomore year I was completely at home all the way you know I'm still still at home just at the same place and I loved that because I can have as many as horses as I want I can manage my own schedule completely I can I'm closer to Justin to practice he's just 30 minutes from my house and I don't have to manage my schedule about around a bunch of other college kids who want to ride and rope and do whatever they want to do as well so I really liked living at home. Um, 
I know it's not probably for everyone, but that was what worked for me. As far as prioritizing goes, like you said, you, you know, you weren't naturally the one that wanted to go to parties. And I know like us being in our early twenties, we don't want to talk about this, you know, on anything, but I'll, I'll ask this. Do you ever regret looking back on your college experience, missing out on a party or social event? No, not at <laughs> all. I, I don't know. I mean, I have friends. <laughs> I, I you're like, I friends. socialize, <laughs> not an introvert, okay? Yeah. Well, and okay, so we have a college rodeo in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And so I've always pretty much gone, I think my mom might have gone to my first ever college rodeo with me, but I've always gone to the college rodeos by myself. And so if that gives you any idea how responsible I am, um, I would go to the bars with all my friends. I'd be out until 1 a.m. and I would not drink a thing and I would have fun. And then I would drive them all home because I wasn't 21 and that was against the law and I just absolutely wasn't breaking the law. (laughs) So that's, that's an idea of how I am. And so that's how my freshman and sophomore year went. And <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it. That's just how it was for me. And and that's so that's such a good point. And I'm really glad you said that because there's a balance. You can be social. Yeah. You can have fun. You don't have to be a stick in the mud. And I think the funny thing is about college rodeo that people don't realize is they think they're going to get out there and everybody's going to pressure them into all these things. But really, if you're the one who's taking care of business and taking care of everybody, like you said, usually people want to be around you because they're like, yeah, we, you, you know, can drive. <laughs> yeah, my friends were also happy that I could drive them and save them from getting public intoxication. <laughs> But yeah, I, I would go to all the events that I wanted to, and I mean, there's really, I, I don't know, I've never found it fun to just be at a bar drinking, and I mean, I, I just, I like to accomplish things, I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything there, and so I just feel like I'm wasting my life away, and I, I want to be, you know, accomplishing something, checking off goals, and doing something to better myself, so I've just never been into that, I I don't, I don't understand that, you know, I know other people are different. Well, it's hard in college rodeo because, you know, the way, like, I've always been told to look at it is there's maybe your 20% that are there to compete and are there to win, and then a lot of kids are there for the social side of it. Yes. You know, I've had friends in both pools and been, you know, hung out with them and been good friends with all of them, so it, I mean, you can be friends with the other part of it, too. For sure. I mean, some, one of my favorite hauling partners was a girl that was always there for the party, but she was always fun, and <laughs> she yeah. always helped me. <laughs> well, and then you have the, the, you know, the dark horse that can party constantly, you know, never, never be serious, but still go whoop everyone. Those are the people that are frustrating. <laughs> but I've noticed, too, a lot of those people, you don't hear much from them after college. Yeah, I think, yeah, they probably get bored with the partying at some point. (laughs) So, okay, won the college finals, you got Reno today, I made you get up too early for this interview. Um, (laughs) What what else is next for you? What's next year look like for you? Are you just going to enjoy the summer? Do you have another year of eligibility? Kind of, let's talk moving forward. So, I, I still have a year left in my master's. I didn't want to rush it because I had the COVID year. So, you know, usually if 
you're doing a master's, you'll take summer classes and you'll take a winter class and that's, you know, you finish it in a year, but it's not really a year because you spend both summers doing it. But I had the COVID year where they canceled the college finals and gave us another year of eligibility. So I decided that I would do, you know, just the nine hours each semester for four semesters. So I have next year still of college rodeo. Currently, this is my rookie year in the WPRA. And so I am going to stick it out this summer and (laughs) try to get to all these rodeos and try to keep my horses and I healthy and happy and see where we can end up. Awesome. And do you have any advice for anybody else that you want to conclude with or anything you want people to know about you we haven't touched on? Um, I would say um, try to be friends with everyone in College Rodeo, but be careful with who you get really close to because that, I mean, it's going to change constantly throughout college but it's less drama if you just kind of do your own thing and keep your head down and you know worry about yourself and don't try to be impressing anyone else just try to do it for yourself i love that all right brianna go kick butt in reno today and i'll probably be calling you at the end of this week to see how good you did (laughs) All right. Well, you have a nice day. Thank you, Casey. All right. Bye, buddy. Bye. What did I tell you guys? Brianna had some things to say, and I love to hear it. I hope that you guys learned as much from her as I have through this interview and my last interview with her after the Royal Crown win. If you guys are interested on more of her backstory and you want to hear some interesting commentary about Breakley Ropers from Haven Medjid, that's a great episode to go back and check out. Until then, make sure you guys are keeping up with our weekly World Standings updates from the Pro Rodeo Trail. We've got interviews with the winners. We post a lot of their runs on our website, so it's easy for you guys to go check out the results and stay in the know and follow along with what's happening out there on the road. We're also keeping you guys updated with Resist All Rookie Standings, circuit reports, and horse stories on some of the horses that are winning on the road. We have some great sponsors who have made it possible, and we just want to thank them. And of course, Fastback Ropes again for bringing you this episode. Make sure you guys are following us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to stay in the loop. (laughs) No pun intended. And I hope wherever you guys are at, you are having a great week, and you are roping next and having lots of fun. Until next time, thanks guys.